when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Oh, hello. You found Waypoints, where the Waypoint staff and friends take a break to nerd out and deep dive on the culture, art, and entertainment that's been inspiring and provoking us lately. Gathered around the table this week, we've got Patrick Lepic. Uh, that wasn't it. I tried. That's just never. No, just, you know, it's, I'll come back <laughs> you know, around to me. Yeah, we got it. Yeah? Renata Price. Hey. Kind of just, just producer edit Ricardo in, Contreras. Just edit in like a much shut better the fuck up, Patrick. Or like, can you layer that a couple of times? <laughs> wow. like, shut like the, the fuck echo up. That they do in um. Is this We're how all you get fucking? The, is this how you get the podcast? This is, this is this is Rob trying to get the podcast back on the rails, but just yelling, shut the fuck, <laughs> shut the fuck up. up. <laughs> which, which, by the way, isn't what he normally does. Which is, no. yeah, which is extra. We funny didn't to get. Me. We didn't get to do a clap. On stream while doing a live podcast. No, we were told we couldn't do that. And then also, it's just shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the Halo TV series <laughs> on Paramount Plus, uh, starring Pablo Schreiber, Natasha McClone, and uh, Yaren Ha. Despite a bumpy start, we ended up sticking with the show and going on our own individual journeys with Halo. <laughs> I sure did, huh? Despite a rocky start, implies some things about later episodes that I don't think uh, a lot of that us I don't share. think it's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That suggests that the show became good. God damn it! So I didn't hear it. By the way, Kato, did we ever? No, hit the I soundboard. No, I didn't. Patrick, we had it. That's the thing. That's we we the had thing. the whole cue. <laughs> I didn't, I was too busy fucking, there, there was text on my screen that I didn't know where it came from. I got rid of it. We're all good. Now I'm ready for the next one. Okay. What is the cue? Well, Patrick, every time you were moved to do the Halo choral chant, we've got that on the soundboard for this episode. Oh man, if only this was in the show at some point. Damn, that would have been really cool. <laughs> That would have been cool if the Halo sound that was, was in the Halo show. That was incredibly startling to hear. That was incredibly startling. I love it. Uh, okay, so yes, okay, I would it was, say it was our initial impressions. Seconds. Pardon? I was I was just saying, I want to be fair to the show. They put the Halo sound in there for about six consecutive seconds. It's in there. Very uh, well. And then repeated that a few times. Uh the it does seem to follow some follow some rules. Uh you have to bear with us. I think this call is a little bit laggy. Uh so we're going to be wrestling with that a little bit as well. Um so when we start watching the series, 
I think we all agreed the pilot episode was pretty weak. And yet, a few of us intrepidly continued watching <laughs> and then decided we all had to watch. Uh, so I think to start this out is, like, here's my question. Is this a bad show? Is it a pretty average, like, vintage sci-fi channel quality show? Or is it prestige TV? Eh, none of the above. <laughs> um, if you, if you separate the Halo television show from the Halo property as a whole, right? Which I'm, ha which I will do. I will, I will happily do. I can say that it is one of the worst pieces of television I've ever engaged with. I you need to watch more TV. <laughs> you need to watch such a. <laughs> you need to watch more TV. <laughs> no. I know. I just, I don't, I I know. just have to immediately, like, like. There's real like, bad TV out there. <laughs> I know there's real bad TV it's, out there. I don't fuck with it. Right. I don't fuck with it because I have self-respect. Yeah. I have respect for my time. And when I watch this show, I see a show that does not have basic character arcs or development over the course of its nine episode arc, with the exception of Kai125, who is the best part of this show and the only good part of the television show Halo. <laughs> well, so here's what I what, what, one thing I was interesting watching this show is that I <sighs> adaptations are weird. Like I don't get hung up on I think adaptations should go so essentially distance themselves from the source material as much as they like to do something interesting. And the parts of this show that I do like are the parts that make me go, "Huh, that's not what I thought you would have done with an adaptation of Halo." And I at least Sorry, continue. <laughs> uh, I respect it for that degree. Like, some of the messiness comes out of... I mean, this show has been in development for, like, 15, 20 years. Um, Spielberg at one point came out on stage at a E3 and was like, we're making a Halo show. And, like, maybe at that point it was a movie. I can't, I can't, I can't even tell. Uh, okay, that's, that's going to get old <laughs> really fast. I know. I know. Um, and... Uh, this has had, I think, three different showrunners, including a different showrunner that is going to be running season two that dropped out after season one. And then like the showrunner that was doing the beginning of season one switched halfway through season one. It's just like a really messy. But I don't know. But Rob, I get the sense based on if we were to split this call into two uh, is I, I don't know this is a good show. I don't know what a good Halo show is. I think Halo is not a particularly adaptable property. I don't know what a Halo TV show that would be good is. And the thing they settled on in this show of, which I don't think it does exceptionally well, but the idea that, hey, we're going to do a squad of four, like, tortured soldiers that, like, learn to like each other and discover humanity, like, is like a kernel of, like, it's not what I would have thought from a Halo show, but I'd rather that than what you probably otherwise would get from most Halo adaptations even if i concede that what it does with that material is not a plus but if you were to tell me on paper it's not what i would have expected and it was more interesting than what i expected Rand, it looks like you want to say something the interesting thing to me there is i would have expected so the thing that you described patrick is what if you asked me what a halo show should be as someone who likes halo a lot and is familiar with the fiction i would tell you that is what the halo show should be 
And that is sadly not the show I felt like we got even a little bit, right? Like, they don't grow. Like, that's the, the problem that I have. Like, the fundamental, like, character relationships are completely sidelined for a story about Master Chief. Um, and this show's, like, fundamental failing is that it is that it chose to be about Master Chief, which is the worst possible decision they could have made, both in terms of, like, a show about Halo for people who like Halo, but also about, like, what they can do and what narrative space they can play in with the property. Um and I, no, I, think I mean, that, like, I, I, the ensemble cast would have been better. Like, I think in the earlier discussion we had about it, like, honestly, I think the way like the reason I brought up forward unto dawn in that initial discussion is like, I think that probably is your smart way into a halo show. It's about like making it about characters in the universe. And then master chief kind of haunts that universe. Um, and like is present, but isn't necessarily your primary, uh, point of view and maybe it's never your point of view in one version you could construct of, of how but you they're never gonna halo. no one is gonna green light that show that's the that's, that's the that, thing that is what i that's what i mean by halo being a kind of unadaptable property is the bet you were both absolutely correct and the show tries tr- tries to some degree i think halo fans to would acknowledge watch it that. but i don't think like i think people would be really confused about like it's not anything it like at that point what it what about it is particularly halo and you'd have people being like well it's really faithful to a lot of like the world building that happens in halo but also isn't really very much like the games at all which would be a problem for adaptation as well here is my counterpoint here is my counterpoint to this you can very easily have it okay master chief people do not uh, the average person on the street would be able to recognize a picture of master chief as the guy from halo but would not be able to tell you that guy's name is master chief that guy's name is John 117. That's just not in the public consciousness. They might know the term Master Chief, but they might not even have it connected to Halo, right? And so I think that, like, the armor is distinctive enough that people could see a Spartan wearing Spartan armor and go, that is a Halo show. Even if it is not Master Chief, the armor as a design is recognizable enough that people do recognize that. So... The direction they did go, though, was they they do try to figure out if we make this about about Master Chief and have him as like the primary uh, protagonist of the story, then then what does that look like? And honestly, for me, I think there are parts like so. This Halo series is really a pastiche of a lot of different things like i was shocked the degree to which it is directly quoting uh equilibrium with the whole like uh them pulling out their emotion chips and so like now they're like remorseless killing machines who are conditioned to massacre hundreds of people but with feelings and they have like big moments of like what music art the sun on my skin (laughs) and it's like kind of hokey it's kind of kind of funny has that but the chief doesn't really, aside from well, like his childhood trauma stuff, right? Like, no, 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 no. He I goes mean, to a public, he goes to a public concert, and is like, yeah. There's Holy a whole like shit. half an episode about and this. Dogs. Like, he's like on the subway, sees like two people kind of like doing some public affection, yeah. and he's like, yeah, but this, he doesn't react. Is this, really? It's like I don't know. Oh, like, I think Kai's reaction is, is like, it's obviously. It's obvious to me that he's reacting. The problem I have is that the, sh- the show does not actually let him have a character arc. Because Master Chief, uh, part of the problem with, like, adapting Halo and adapting Master Chief specifically is that Master Chief is both, like, is the face of the brand, right? 
and you cannot have the face of Microsoft's brand be an objectively bad person, right? He cannot kill he cannot kill Quan, right? That is the thing is that the onset of the show starts with him having already completed the hardest part of the character arc, which is going against the UNSC's wishes, right? Like it, it skips to the end point, and then the whole rest of the show is like. Everyone's going like, ah, damn, Master Chief, you sure used to be different. And if they had shown us what different actually looks like in the text for a significant period of time, that arc actually lands, as opposed to feeling like a switch was flicked, the off screen that we never actually get to see. That progression doesn't happen. Like him taking out the emotion chip is, is fine. It's like a it's like a scene that could have weight, but it felt like he was already there. Right? Like, like the emotion chip coming out doesn't feel like we're seeing a different guy after he takes that out. It's it's still the same guy. Like the character arc doesn't progress from there. Well, because they because the, the sh well, and, and one of the things that like drove me at like one of the like fatal flaws of this of this this first season is the decision to separate what appeared to have been our two main characters mm -hmm. at the end of the first episode. <laughs> I mean, the, one of the questions oh. someone wrote in the chat was like, "What was the point of Madrigal?" And it's like, I don't know. Like to, to establish a magic portal that has no relevance to the finale. But I think exactly what you're talking about, you know, Ren, in which I think Rob and I were giving the pilot a little bit better of the doubt in which like, look, pilots are messy. You're trying to establish the stakes and and broad character arcs. And it's it's and hopefully they can s slow things down. And essentially, even though we have the hard pivot happen at the end of the the pilot, they'll unpack that over the course of the season. And essentially, even if you don't have the character arc, it's like this this other character that come like it has essentially been on like the punishing end of the Spartans like as war machines for decades like as those two learn to like become you know like kind of wolf and cub sort of situation like essentially what the Mandalorian does uh, to some degree uh, uh, that will end up reflecting and developing the humanity of Master Chief and instead they they just jettison her off ship her to off. just an incredibly weak like. Where they're like, well, we don't want to lose the character, but we don't want to give them anything to do. And they also undercut a lot of what I thought was going to be the development of John as a character. And then the other ways they try to accomplish that are just not nearly as interesting as just having this character that was at the the barrel end of your weapons. And like you were supposed to act. And it was just that really I didn't quite I, I never understood why, especially given how the, the season ends. It's like, okay, well, maybe it's all going to make sense. And like the plot threads, well, again, they'll be messy, but they'll kind of tie together in some emotionally resonant way. And there'll be a payoff from the pilot in the finale with those two characters. And that's just like, just like, no, like just not, well, not, not the case. Can I, can I sketch out? So the, the certain one of the arcs I went on this is like, I was like, okay, they're, they're doing some setting establishing. And then we're going to put these pieces in play. And I figured they would be put in play in a way that, like, was somehow connected. And instead, I think a big part of, like, my growing issues with the season, at least, is, like, wow, like, everyone is sort of atomized uh, in this in this story uh, where, you know, you have at the start Master Chief makes the decision to I, I'm not going to kill this kid. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go on the run, and we're gonna run to my old friend uh, Soren, who is the one kid who fled the Spartan program uh, with, if not John's help, at least not his active hindrance. Um, <laughs> was the, how many seconds did he give him? Like that was like a point gave of him like ten minutes. 
five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. He asked yeah. for ten. He gave him five. Ten, yeah. Uh, so the thing is, he flees with Quan. He, he flees with Quan to Sorin's base, where he's become a pirate king in an asteroid field. Things are wild there, by the way. I do not know what is ha- like. It is half of it is the set of Demolition Man. Half of it is like they <laughs> raided the props from Moulin Rouge. And like, oh my I God. do not understand. And like, the, I posted a picture on Twitter. He's got a smoking jacket, which I approve of, but they're like, make it space piratey. <laughs> and so there's like tire tread uh, lapel on the on the smoking jacket, which is very weird. Um, But he leaves Quan with Soren. And that ends up being the like uh, lone wolf and, and cub type thing where it's right. like, OK, right. Quan, like he should have been dumped off on this uh, mercenary bandit pirate king uh, character. Meanwhile, John goes back to Halsey um, and continues to commune with the with the hollow tr- with the artifact. And the, the stories don't really reconnect and they're increasingly told completely separately from each other and i think where i like maybe my worst moment of this my my least favorite episode is actually the one where they're like a lot of cool things we saw we saw the actual halo the sacred ring (laughs) that's right and you know it's a big deal because when they talk about the sacred ring you get that theme. Then you get some prog rock as uh, like McKee and uh, John are like like uh, astral projecting onto the ring. But we cut away from that to the really underbaked Madrigal plot. And it wraps up. They, 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 they wrap it up in one episode. One really long episode that is basically playing to all the weaknesses of that first episode. Before we just cut back to the rest of the Halsey Master Chief shit. Like... What episode was that? One is being... It was episode yeah. seven, Inheritance. Seven, okay. And then the last two are Episode the... seven, Inheritance, yeah. yes. It's like they suddenly they suddenly just went, um, all right, so we got to stop cutting between things because th- nobody wants to watch this plot. Just put it all into one episode and let's sweep it out of the way and uh, go back to uh, <laughs> Chief. It's and it's, I think it's three good performers, by the way. Like, I think mm-hmm. some of the strongest supporting cast in the show are trapped in the fucking madrigal plot. Um, <laughs> one of them is just blown up. You know, he's a, he, you know he's a character actor. Like it is his it is his destiny uh, <laughs> to be murked in every show he is in. What's what's his name? Um, the guy who took over madrigal. Guan. Oh, uh, Vishnar. Fucking yeah, the guy yeah, yeah, from yeah. It's, it's it's Guan. Burn Gorman. Yeah, the, is the, he's in. Yeah, the, yeah. Vishnar, yeah. He, he's. He, He's in that season of The Expanse as yep. the villain. He is a he mysterious is villain. Burn Gorman from Pacific Rim. <laughs> yeah, and he rules He's in everything. Like, yeah. yeah, but here playing a non-character. Yeah, nothing for him to do except oh like God, when he's- look at a visual a VFX like gas pipeline and be like, oh no, and that's it. The scene where he's in the fucking uh, car just monologuing to himself is one of the funniest things I've ever fucking seen. 
it was it was one of the funniest fucking things. It just just quietly to himself being like, I'm evil and British. <laughs> just just fucking. Because they gave him nothing. Like and which is which is which is Hang on, they gave him some Milton entire- quotes. <laughs> yeah, they gave we him did. Milton we, quotes. We saw, oh my god. We saw two asses in this show. Like we saw Master Cheeks, and then we also saw his ass. Like he, when he's in the bath at that one point. For yes, six yes. consecutive minutes. Um, there's just nothing for him to, except to just chew scenery. And he does that okay, but it's almost like a well, testament. There's no scenery to, to chew, like Patrick. <laughs> That's what I mean. No it's a testament Madrigal. to how weak God. Madrigal is, is that he's look, his mouth is open. Um, um, he's looking for it and he can't Their find best it. Set. All he wants to Their do is. Their best set is the interior of like a Pathfinder. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so fucking bad. Um, and so like, I guess the other thing is this. I think the other the other thing that's really disappointing about the um, I think the Quan arc in particular and and Madrigal, it starts out as we're trying to establish that there's this ongoing civil war between like uh you know the colonists and the UNSC. But the vision, like, there are it no feels like a back- so like it, to that war. It feels like, it, like, Rob, it's like one of those things where you're like four episodes, four seasons into a sci-fi show and they're like, hey, we want to do a backdoor pilot. And they introduce something like this so they can go do a spinoff and cash in. The Quan spinoff. Um, the Quan spinoff is going to come. Quan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this, and it, it feels like that that's what like this like that episode in like you know inheritance is is like hey here's our backdoor pilot do people respond to this character well we'll go do something else and it's like no we're in the first season of the main show and i thought she was character b and it turns out she's not although i'm sure that portal or whatever will play into oh my god some some matter of importance later the stupid fucking portal okay the other thing that really bothers me about the like quan arc um and and specifically what Rob was talking to about the lack of like the insurrectionist just being a non-presence in the show is the fact that the insurrectionists in in Halo, this is my own this is one of the like comparisons I will make to the original property in which the show has like mm-hmm. failed in this case. The insurrectionists have politics. There are politics in Halo about who the insurrectionists are and what they want. And the show does not only sideline them. It also actively denies that they ever had politics in the first place. And that's the thing that really fucking gets me is that like, Quan, oh, Quan Ha's dad did not actually want independence for Madrigal because it is important to have independence for an outer rim world that is being actively exploited by the UNSC. No, he wanted independence because of a special prophecy. And that shit get, drives me up a fucking wall because it is actively removing meaning and context from a work that you have made. That is the dissolution. Well, that's the whole of show, though. The, the whole show is magical, magical prophecy. Like they even do that for for John. Like they undercut his whole arc. It was like yeah, I don't know. You're like, a chosen. But the thing like, I'll say is John ends up in that mythological territory. Like Halo does go in that direction a little bit, but like the fact that Quan's story is their politics are bloodline like magical destiny shit. Like the fact that when yeah. she's like. I'm going to go there and reconnect to all, like, all my dad's old generals. And it's all, like, aunties and uncles who are basically like, oh, you know, the, your family is what we needed to lead us, but it's all over now. Uh, we've we've been co-opted by uh, Venture, who supposedly used to be one of us, but isn't. 
And then Quan's path forward is to, yeah, go on this like magical journey to learn about the fact that, yeah, her, her dad cashed out his political program for a magical destiny beca- to become like the honestly it's like warcraft like elven like guardian of the guardian of the Moonwell or whatever type shit um <laughs> it, it like it really is a a bit of like warcraft 3 parachuting into uh in, into this it's is really frustrating and the master chief plot isn't that much more coherent like it's not that much better like if you ask someone to describe the plot of the halo television show what happens in the television show Halo? Not much actually happens over the course of the TV show Halo, which is like fine for me. I'm happy to have like a slow burn or character studies or something like that. But like the actual movement in terms of what happened in the world and what the consequences were, basically nothing. Is it like, a war I think the, the John stuff. Did you hear about this war with the Covenant? I don't know. I think war. that might be in season four. No. <laughs> There's now that Connor, there's like I, 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 like I want to point out people in the covenant. I want to point out for one second that uh, what seems to be like the high command of the covenant and hey and and fucking John Halo are in the same room at one point and they keep talking about how he has to grab the fucking artifacts to win this war. It's like, why don't you just murk the fucking dudes in the floating chairs sitting up here? <laughs> Like, is that really well, about? It's because it's, it's the best. It's the best CG in the show, and we don't want to get rid of it. Yeah. I, they were also. I, he hasn't gotten I mean, his I, I, double I jump. <laughs> right. He can't, well, they can't get up the, there. The hook can't shot. Get up there. The hook shots. They can't take the hook shot. That's in the infinite. Yeah, That's they don't have a long the infinite hook shot away. Motherfucker could jump up there. They, they, they did you see like that fucking them. drop? They, they, they were just dropped on their heads. They should have. They could have wiped out Covenant High Command by just dropping Spartans like, like straight into them. that temple. Turning them into done. human bullets. <laughs> but all, like, I actually do think the John stuff after that first episode, for me, worked a bit better because it plays to one of their best performers, uh, Natasha Michelone, uh, and it really starts centering on this really horrific relationship that her Halsey has with John, and really everybody, especially John, where... Um, he still views her as the one person in this fucked up military machine that he can trust. Uh, and she has like, he has always been the special one of the, of the Spartans for her. And she's always been the person that he feels closest to. And his slow unpacking of that via like the vision stuff is corny, but I did really enjoy like, when he realizes they have to go back to the planet he is from, the planet he is remembering. And they go there, and she's there with her creepy um, assistant guy who 100% <laughs> has sex with dead bodies. Like, Jesus absolutely. So like, this guy He's has the, like... 100%. This guy, well, don't they, don't this they, guy has, they, like... I mean, they imply, like, when he's... When he uh, when they, there's an early, like, Halsey clone... And he he is like caressing her briefly for a moment, right? Oh so. yeah, he's gonna he's going to molest the clone. Uh, except Halsey walks in, and then he's like, "You have a beautiful brain" or something like that, and vivisects her. But they're on that planet, and Master Chief is starting to recall things, and the realization that like that they need the information he has. They want him to like complete these recollections and like follow the breadcrumb trail around. 
but also the growing alarm as like he's remembering things that would really rather he didn't. Uh, and the sort of the, the, the realization that I think something the series carries off well is that there is no, at least so far, there is no floor to <laughs> Halsey's moral degradation, right? Like there is nothing that is a step too far. Every time you're like, yeah. you know, surely something in this is genuine. It isn't like every single thing she does is instrumentalized. Uh, yeah. And I think that part of the show is is carried out pretty well. The The growing alienation of her from everybody, the exposure of like who she is. And then John's realization uh, that he really is alone, um, you know, in this, you know, as, as Cortana alludes to later, alone in this universe. I do. I, I think this is true. And Halsey's stuff is the best done stuff in the show. I think one of the problems, the, one of the frustrations I have with it is that the way that they handle the Spartans undercuts it. The, like, hormone regulation and the, like, mm -hmm. mind control, like, brainwashing stuff, to me, undercuts some of the best, like, ideas of instrumentalization in, um, like, Halsey's character. Because, like, uh, to, to take an example from a scene in Halo Reach. In Halo Reach, Halsey hates the Spartan 3s because they are worse than her precious baby Spartan 2s. And there's a scene where the Spartan 3s walk in and she gives them a ton of shit and she turns to George and she gives him one ounce of kindness and he just completely melts and like the thing about Halsey that I think is really interesting is the way in which like you don't need mind control you don't need mind control to make these people like this you just need years of indoctrination and emotional manipulation and I feel like having the chip undercuts the ways in which Halsey's character is built around emotional manipulation and instrumentalization it undercuts the pilot episode too where like uh, Chief has that moment of like um doubt with uh with Quan it's like where did that come from if the chip is still in his butt right like then you later kind of retcon that into being a very weird like what the fuck was that about then right so actually i think they i think they kind of carry this off well like what what comes through they at the end of the series when kai is calling them out like you guys were really going to shoot me nobody is being mind controlled, they are responding to conditioning and the like emotion suppression just makes it really easy for them to do without question. John still has had the questions that are sort of like, even without being like having an emotional stake in it, he still has had these questions at the start. It is the removal of the like emotion regulating chip that is about him realizing that he's like an individual. Um, like, and a, like, and a human actor who can, who can be actualized. Um, and so I think they, they carry off well the fact that, like, what she's trying to do via Cortana is really qualitatively different from what she's got with the other Spartans, where she can just, like, give them direct orders and they're conditioned to respond without question. They don't, it never crosses their mind to, like, hold off on fighting Kai and John, uh, but... Except at the end, when they do, and they still have those chips implanted, right? Like, they mm -hmm. make an emotional, like, argument to not, like, uh, he makes an emotional argument to not kill, yeah. uh, 
Like he, he, he like says like we're being mind controlled. Like he does the whole thing. Like that is an emotional argument being made to the other two Spartans. And Riz, still and have Riz does hesitate, but it is because it is starting to make real sense. Like, like it is like she went, she went hard I feel like on that John. Makes the more sense episode. if there isn't a magical butt chip that washes away your emotions, right? Like they undercut themselves and their own plot lines by being like, look, there's this thing that the reason they can't get out out from under it is because it is implanted in them, right? And like. I don't know, like, that whole thing makes it super messy and, like, like it doesn't, like, like, if it was just the conditioning, just, like, the manipulation, I can see the end working out, but introducing this, like, sci-fi MacGuffin of, like, oh, they actually need to remove this from their bodies to feel emotion again totally killed that I mean, whole argument for me. It very much is, like, again, they're, like, they're really high on equilibrium. And it's been long enough that not many people have seen Equilibrium, so they're able to pull off that thing. We're like, man, it's going to be people are really going to love watching these Spartans have have big feelings. <laughs> um, but I, I do I do feel like they do an OK job justifying that the the chip is there to help the compartmentalization like hold. Um, where I mean, the chip's also like, a shortcut, right? Because like where, where we int- where we are introduced into the show be- because they make the choice that. John has to have that turn early on and we don't like work up to that moment. Like we can't witness what like the gaslighting and the emotional manipulation. And so the chip is basically just like a fast forward button for, for right. it's a, it's like a, it's a convenient plot device to advance the storytelling that they can't depict on screen. But we see some of that, like essentially they try to, to try to backdoor that with John yes. and uh, Halsley over the course of the show, right? Like, Hey, look at how she treats John as he is attempting to learn the truth of himself but, is your way of understanding yeah. how she must have. Tra- yeah, I'm not saying it works, but it's like that, that is the, the, the decision thing. the show yeah. essentially makes is trying yeah. to, is to, to me, do the that. back, the back think- dooring totally undercuts the emotional stick to try to set up with the manipulation. Right. Like that's. And it's also just like, that is my frustration with this as like a piece of television as like a constructed TV show is that I think that they are trying to use a bunch of shorthand so they don't have to make the longer show that is like, that accepts that it can't be about Master Chief from from day one and like actually starts with what does it mean to be trained? Like what is what is the origins of the Spartan program? Like like the actual anthology series is so much more interesting and I think so much like better television and still carries the Halo branding that like using this shorthand just in every time they use it just pisses me off or frustrates me more because it's just it feels like lazy storytelling. You know, Ren, I think what you're what you're keying on here a little bit is the fact that you're right. Like it should it should have been an anthology, like set in this universe, and like focusing more on things in the Halo universe, and and maybe John isn't that much of a character. But what if he had a girlfriend? <laughs> that's such a good. That's Can such you a, not? That's such an astute point, Rob. Is that it's it's it is. What if he did have sex, you know? Fuck. Is he never... Uh, he made love. Is the implication... Well, yeah, that's... Hmm. Hmm. So there are so many twists impl- and turns between those two those two characters in that in that specific episode. Like, I am a traitor to the human race. God. Actually, actually, I'm not anymore. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ta- take out this magic 
finger blade that I've that I've got. Uh, God, the grossest I, fucking scene. Yeah, by the uh, way, it was great. Grossest, it was great. most uncomfortable no. shift on the planet. No, it was not great. I, I regret the to inform you that was not great. Cause that whiplash. Was not great. <laughs> Well, like, because, look, it's body it's horror doesn't of, affect me. Price being like, wait, hold on, you're doing what to that fingernail? Fuck. Well, exactly. But I think it it was it, it's actually in in a show in which a show that uh deeply struggled to communicate like the emotional interiority of its characters. And yes, in that episode, both John and that character whose name I do not remember because they did not make much of an imprint on me. Like she, like me. Maki, yeah. You know the fact. I think the body horror is is meant to like. Hey, you know. Yes, have we done the work to establish how this character has gotten to this point? No. But is this so upsetting? Does it suggest to you how painful it is for this character? Yes. And so, like, would that have been more effective if that was paired with and like a proper arc for that character? Sure, but I, I I found that to at least be shorthand effective to communicate, like, the importance of the scene to the character, even if it was, like we've said, like, in so many ways undercut by the ordering of things. Again, like, you have, if the magical episode doesn't exist, maybe you get more time for all these characters to actually talk through these things as opposed to, you know, a, a minute and a half removal of a fingernail uh, to communicate <laughs> emotions. I will say, I appreciated the fact that, like, the UNSC just fucking sucks. Like, they are the authors of so much of the destruction that's barreling down on them uh, in the in the series. Like, they're so bad. They are so bad. all horrible. And also, but also, don't strike me as like horribly competent either, right? Like, they don't. No, it doesn't necessarily. Not. They don't. They, they're not um, like this, like slick. Like empire that is just running on like no they're just big and they suck and there's just no like it's just kind of hard to bump they up against their armor. They can't even fire Halsey right. <laughs> they can't fire Halsey right. And the other thing that like again again undercuts the show is the fact that the show cannot. And this is part of like my central thesis about the show shouldn't have been about Master Chief is that like Master Chief cannot do the kind of violence that the UNSC needs to do to actually look like villains. In, like, proper ways, right? Like, they just aren't going to show Master Chief the face of Xbox, like, murk a kid. Like, that's just not going to... That's just, like, not true. They're not going to watch him, like, either... Even the terrible thing he he does do, which implies he's done many of these terrible things, is only described by another character because they can't act... For the show, for the show is, like, what it really wants you to buy into, they can't actually depict the character doing because also very chill about the whole you killed my mom thing like yeah very chill about oh crazy we have this connection like my mom was slaughtered by unsc (laughs) commandos uh at the big uh terracell uh gathering uh meeting he's like that's coincidence that's funny i was there at the terracell gathering meeting and i killed everyone one of them was probably your mom thought it was a little weird and she's like also he just but he also I, he also only dropped off a bomb there you know it wasn't a direct killing he didn't see anyone he just bombed the place where he knew a bunch of people were it's still removed you know <laughs> and so if you have your perspective character your perspective military operative who is unable to ever like actually be shown on screen doing the things that defines your evil space empire 
it'll it'll never read as bad. And like part of part of the thing about Halo and like part of the thing about like I think Warhammer to like in certain eras of Warhammer 40k to an extent from what I understand is that like there is the retroactive justification of war crimes based on the current situation. That is like one of the core tenets of Halo is basically like the Spartans were built to kill insurrectionists and then the Covenant showed up and suddenly the UNSC could be like, this was totally cool because we needed them to fight the aliens. Am I right? (laughs) And this show never actually does the work of showing the Spartans like doing the bad things that they are defined by. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, well, because, and, and this is, I think, th- I think this is like the games don't either, right? The games don't either because you need to be the hero fighting the covenant, fighting the flood, and th- it's there in the world building. You can go look it up. Maybe it's in some text, I guess, but it's not I, just playing those games, campaigns start to finish. At no point are you coming away feeling like, damn, I've played a true monster that is, but they don't like, give a fuck a about di- the games. But I'm saying that, that. that that's, yeah, but they still do care about the games. I mean, like, there's a whole shitty for Doom uh, first-person uh, sequence, like, towards the end that betrays, like, the decent amount of, like, combat that, like, the, the times when the, the action the does work in this. HUD oh, it's terrible. Helmets. It's terrible. So uh, it was, I, I was like, don't, you know, like, there are a handful of times, it, the, uh, the, the sequence where they're trying to get the artifact, the second artifact out, um, where they clearly spend like most of the budget of the season, um, where they're like trying to get the artifact onto Halsey's uh, uh, ship, like that is like some of the best action in the show. When, when like when when Chief takes like one of the Covenant ships and like fucking parachutes it down, like he's in Fortnite, uh, like to like the, all that stuff is pretty. It was pretty good at least relative to the other action in the show that is kind of lackluster. I don't. And that first person sequence just, I, I it just don't ape. <laughs> It and again, I think it speaks to the identity. I speaks to the identity crisis of the show that is wrapped up in an identity crisis of the games that is wrapped up in an identity crisis of the world building of Halo, and all those things are in such weird tension that it's like, who is this show for? Why? Who like who's watching? And I think that I think you can start to explain a bunch of the of the tension that then exists and a bunch of the fault lines in the storytelling. Right, like Halo exists as. I was like started a piece yesterday where I like wrote Halo exists as three distinct entities in the cultural consciousness. The first is as a thing that happens in the background of people's lives as like the face of Xbox. You see commercials of it on TV and you hear maybe like a kid or a coworker talk about Halo, right? You are aware of its existence. You're aware it's a, there's a guy in a green suit, right? And there's a big robot man, right? That is the first instance in which Halo exists in the cultural consciousness. The second instance is as the like popular first-person shooter that people play and have a connection to, whether it be the campaign or the like large-scale multiplayer, right? Those are the things, those are the second in- incarnation. And then the third and final incarnation is, is as Halo, the like large sci-fi universe that is filled with a bunch of different stuff and is like, for the most part, a broad critique of like. The, the like fascism and like the military right and like the military industrial complex and another comparison that i've seen is like starship troopers right starship troopers plays the the film not the original book plays its like satire extremely straight it's like the the premise of that movie is like we i'm going to show you what a perfect fascist world looks like and it fucking sucks like, like it is perpetual war. It is beautiful people engaging in perpetual war. And that itself is, like, kind of embarrassing and shitty. Um, and Halo plays it even straighter than that. 
And like, that is the core of the critique of the UNSC is that it's play, it's doing the Starship Troopers things even straighter. And I think it fails in the video games to actually get that across. But I don't think it wasn't there from the onset. I will say, I think the fact that they draw the parallel between like, for instance, McKee's one of her major traumas that we see is the fact that like the covenant appoint guards over their human colonies uh, to sort of keep people producing resources and, um, you know, basically doing prison guard shit and they use um, like cattle prod electric batons uh, to just like scorch the shit out of her shoulder um, when she's a kid. And the fact that like, as she is trying to raise the alarm about the fact that uh, Halsey has gone rogue and it has the Spartans uh, lying in wait for, for John uh, that unfortunately coincides with the fact that, uh, uh, Miranda completes her her audio production work doing cleanup on on the on the podcast recording they did of that entire <laughs> UNSC ship one being of the, destroyed. Oh, that like D E plot of like no one thought to ask the Spartans. Hey, seems like you you picked up a little bit of their language. The, the show implies through that fucking that plot, rules that plot thread that how many I years are, how, do we know how many years we're into the war at this point like uh, during the show like so a while right five this it's it's about ten years into the war it's about five or ten years okay into so ten so ten years into the war no one's thought we should try and understand what these motherfucking aliens are saying <laughs> like, also shut. the Spartans understand understand Sanghele. Because they've heard these guys begging for their lives so many times. <laughs> oh, that phrase? That phrase means, I'm a little bitch, please don't kill me. Please, God, please spare me. Well, <laughs> I thing. love it when my you say that. That is my the favorite best grunt like, quip that is, from Halo. That is one of, for me, the best scenes in the show. Like, it, like I, I think the, the frustrating thing for me with Miranda is that like Miranda is actually the second most compelling character on the show for me. Number one is Kai is the best done character on the show. Number two is Miranda. They are the two, like, best, like, most compelling characters who have arcs in the show versus Halsey, who's, like, a nightmare monster woman who never has an arc, but is, like, cool, and I like when she's on screen because she does things, right? Um, the interaction between Miranda and the Spartans, I think, is actually a pretty well... It's, like, probably the best done, like, comedy scene in the entire show. Like, there's banter. Spartans banter. They have little jokes with each other, even with the hormone suppressant, again... Even with the hormone suppressant, they have their shitty little jokes and like they shit post and banter with one another. And then the follow up to that scene where Miranda and Kai sit down and like go through the language together and then have like an actual conversation about their experience growing up and the feelings that they have is really good. And like a, br a braver show would have leaned into that and would have like leaned further into the tension between Miranda and the Spartans and leaned further into specifically the relationship between Miranda and Kai. Also, they have like, Miranda and Kai the show. The most I was going to say, I would say like, you seem to be leading to the inevitable conclusion that they should kiss. <laughs> I mean, l listen, the show, the framing of the show occasionally does imply that like there is, there are, there are shots in the show that like the framing is reserved for its shitty romance plots. Uh, and they do get that framing, right? Like Master Chief and McKee are framed in some similar ways to um, uh, Miranda and Kai. 
And like that is the much more compelling relationship than anything else. I agree. Someone deserved to find love in this show and it was not John. (laughs) I do not much like. I like the idea of Kai. I really wish she had a character note besides uh, like (laughs) baby's first acid trip. Like the entire like once she removes that chip, the entire show, she's going through it in full like, oh, my God, I'm so high. I am so high. I hope nobody can tell how high I am. Oh, my God. Ready for Spartan work, sir. Okay. We can go find those guys. Okay. Nobody's going to notice. Hey, you're cool. You're cool. Breathe. 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 Drink some oh water. God. Oh, my God. People are getting killed all around me. Oh, this is so bad. This is like, that guy just got imploded. The Marines are all dead. Oh, shit. <laughs> so like, let's go. Like, compared, compared to John, who I know that he is like Spartan A, but they, they, the, the way they make her emotionally fall apart, like, does not feel in, in key with, like, what, jo- what happened to John. Um, and, and yet they kind of like lean a bunch of that on Kai specifically in a way that would have made sense up front where it's like, yeah, John had his own response to the removal of the chip. Kai's going to have her own response to the removal of the chip, but she just like never gets her shit together until like the very end where they give, give her a, you know, a half decent heroic moment. Yeah. I, I think Zarv- that, Zarvis like, in the, the chat thing- says, now I want to actually see Rob on acid. I just wanted <laughs> to note that I, I agree. I agree. I think that like I I think that I think that you're right like the the way in which she approach like sh- the direction she was given in a lot of scenes is very much like oh I'm so high and it, it is it is really frustrating because I think she actually does a really good job in the moments where she actually gets to express emotion to other people I think she's doing like a great job and I wish there had been more of that. again I wish there had been more between Miranda and Kai because like they again had actual on-screen chemistry together and like had well, reasons to favorite, talk to one another. One of my favorite moments too was when, cause the other thing to remember is like, you kind of don't know what you're uncorking with a Spartan when they start like feeling and like being able to sort of like, tra- like have independent will that gets translated in action. And a, a, a beat I loved is when Kai she and Miranda are having a nice chat about like translation and shit. And Kai's like, but we both know you're not really being honest with me. And like, you'd see Miranda's stomach just drop and re- you know, you can feel how like, yo, these are superhumans in case and armor who can like rip you in half. Right. And it's just like, suddenly that little, that little bit of joking, like bearing of fangs. And it turns out that she's like, trying to connect over okay like this thing i did with my hair isn't really working <laughs> is it and they're they're trying to have that moment and but it's the so fact cute. that it is yeah but it also like has that little bit of like oh where's this going cuz when a spartan is like sort of pulls that whiplash it's different the one time the yeah, one time they, they give her a little more to do is when she is with the the other marines and they're increasingly having her pull like heavier and heavier, heavier shit. objects. And like this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole, whole show is like, I wish the energy of this scene, like it just like, it had a propulsion to character and action. And like, everything was like working, like how you want like a show like this to work. And I just wish there had been 
more of that uh like throughout the entire series because like that actually gave her something to do with that sort of manic energy um and that felt in character it actually was development through action like as opposed to dialogue as opposed to a monologue and i i I just wish there had been more of that because i was cackling during that entire (laughs) sequence it's it's so good and to like quickly return to like miranda for a second I also think that like Miranda, the way she interacts with other characters and the way she interacts with the Spartans is super interesting because there are such, the show makes the obvious parallel between her and her mother, right? Like they are very similar. They are like similarly mercenary at times, especially when it comes to emotion. But Miranda has limits that Halsey doesn't. And Miranda's limit hits her limits very quickly on the show. And I think that like them both being presented with, like, similar moments. So, like, if you compare Kai going to Miranda with John going to Halsey, it's like those scenes together, in theory, are really, really excellent, right? But I think that the Halsey-John stuff is done a little bit, like, it's just done so much worse than Kai and Miranda that it falls through. Because, like, I don't know, I just think that, like, Miranda deciding actually I'm going to care about this person and that is the thing that is going to separate me from my mother is I think a good character arc that we don't get to see enough of her because she starts the show as like oh, I'm mad at my mom yeah I mean I I think the parallel like for me it's like the show is drawing the much closer parallel between her and the Spartans right like the the actual child of Halsey and then the uh like surrogate children and both and the the fact that Miranda, I think in those conversations, again, that in that scene with Kai, where she sort of warns that, look, if I know my, if I know, if I know Halsey, uh, she doesn't tolerate like defects, uh, you know, gladly the Miranda, knowing that her mother is an amoral abuser. And then also being aware that like the Spartans are her kids who by conditioning can't see that and are completely shaped by it. Uh, I think that's it, it is an, it is a it's effective how they portray that in forming her relationship with the Spartans, where she has this like complicated interaction with them because uh, she's aware of yeah, what I was mean, done to them. Yeah. She also had the same emotional abuse from her mother. Right. Like like yeah. the Spartans and Miranda experienced the exact same forms of emotional like manu- abuse and manipulation in different degrees. Miranda would have had that degree of abuse and manipulation if Halsey had spent any time with her and hadn't instead focused entirely on the Spartans as her special children. Uh, and that tension of like Miranda being like, I hate this woman and I hate that you are her favorites is, is, is really strong and like drives so much of the relationship between Kai and Miranda for me and why I wish it was like the centerpiece of the show as opposed to like a subplot. God, Kai, Kai rolls. Uh, and when she kills the little worm should, man, when she fucking murks the little worm man oh, at the end of the show very, by just going very bonk. Satisfying. She literally just bonks him. She picks him up and bonks him into the fucking roof when, and he's instantly dead. And that's just, it's one of the few, like there's a lingering shot on her face after that where she sort of takes in, like she allowed her emotions to get like the better of her. She just whips right. that dude at the ceiling just, I mean, destroys him. And there is, like, a little, like, nice beat there where she sort of is taking in, oh, shit. Um, I mean, yeah, did he deserve it? But yeah. I forgot what my hands can do. And I, I just killed a, a person. A yeah. nice little moment. Yes. 
I mean, between yeah. uh, that and her getting over to the the ship, the running sequence, it was like probably the best. I mean, there are some earlier parts with the elites. I guess in those fights, you can kind of see, but like it it made the Spartans more scary than the other fights to me, especially because it was a human target at the end of that <laughs> sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I we don't get enough of that. I feel I, like I just want to take a quick break uh, for uh, for ads, and then we'll be back. I'm here on the stream we'll just continue but for the for the pod we're gonna take a quick little break and then come back when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor yahoo finance As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. So I think one of the other things, I, I think Halsey's like last gambit at the end of this television show is really good in theory. Like I think that like Halsey making a flash clone and being like, <laughs> fuck yes. you, I win is a great she, Halsey she, it, move. It got it is, me. And it, 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 in a storyline that uh, was otherwise like v- v- you could anticipate every beat. I didn't see that one coming, and obviously they laid the you know the groundwork for that earlier on, and I enjoyed that. It was one of those okay, all right. Not many times in the show where I said you got me, and that that bit got me a little bit and it made me smile. I do wish that they hadn't. I would be much more interested in seeing Miranda and Kai work through the fact that Halsey made a Flash clone. Like I, I almost mm. wish that Kai had just fucking murked Halsey. Like like bam, murked. Instead of Halsey escaping and then the Flash clone being the one who was found, I almost like the idea of Kai murdering the Flash clone and then Miranda being like doing an autopsy or something. And someone goes like, hey, that's that's a Flash clone. And then she's like, God, fucking damn it. And they after getting that emotional resolution, they then have to work through it, like actually over the course of the show, as opposed to like basically being like, oh, she got away from the Spartan. Waka waka. <laughs> I think. But I do think in terms of, you know, you mentioned earlier, you don't think Halsey has an arc. I'm not entirely sure. She might not, but people's understanding of her has an arc. Yes, and I think yes, maybe yes, that's yes, the, yes. like, like the story of season one of Halo is the unmasking of a monster, right? That like yes. the worst person that the humans deal with is Halsey. And there's so many people who enable her because they think at there is some core at at which point like she is true or authentic that there's something besides like ambition and megalomania uh for like whatever her vision is of perfecting humanity and all of them proven wrong that like Miranda gets a scene where like Halsey is like appears to be trying to broker a truce between them it is just to like scan her retina and get into the system uh and then it is so funny and cruel that the fucking Flash clone has a heart-to-heart with Miranda. 
and like reckons with like, wow, like, you know, your upbringing has been really complicated and there are things I hoped and feared for you that I'm worried are coming true. And then it's like, oh, by the way, though, that was that was a throwaway clone. Uh, it was just a facsimile of Halsey. Uh, your mom still never has that conversation with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, again, I think that like Halsey is a really good character and like why I like her in this show. Like I like, I think that like they do a pretty good job of, of portraying Halsey in, in some regards. I think occasionally there's some like, you know. Well, because they do no world building with the, with the Covenant to make them seem like any sort of meaningful threat with any sort of politics or direct. The Covenant are just, they are a MacGuffin. <laughs> for, like, they, they do not exist as a world, like, a univor- universal threat. They they barely are a presence in the entirety of the show, which I'm sure t- to some degree is budget, right? Like, anytime you're going to depict their ships, like, the aesthetic is more expensive pretty much the entire cast um like they pretty much had to invent this human character so they had you know something cheaper to put in these in these scenes um but like Halsey like by definition has to end up being the villain because they just don't have the budget to depict the right. villain like the villains of Halo um with any to any meaningful degree like we learn do we have any idea why the if you didn't we weren't familiar with Halo as a franchise would you have any reason why the Covenant are doing what they're doing in this show? I don't think the show does spends any, like the religious zealots like in the franchise. Like that's that is what they are. Like and and like, but like we get none of none of that here in, like in a, the show. I mean, we, they, there's like a small we, mention in like the way they refer to the Halo. Yeah, um, I think they they gesture as, at that this is a religious theocracy, <laughs> but. It would be hard to pick up if you didn't already know that. Like, like knowing, like I didn't. I still haven't played any of these games, but I've uh, uh, assimilated enough, like sideways Halo lore, lore, to know that. And so when they mention the Sacred Ring, I'm like, okay, that's what they're talking about. But to somebody who's coming in completely cold, I don't know how that scans. Like, I, it doesn't. I, I guess you just make the connection that the Halo is a ring, and therefore that's the ring they're talking about, and not accidentally I mean, it, it, getting it confused sense. with the MacGuffin, which is a weird triangle, but technically has a hole in the center, yeah. so you could kind of call mm-hmm. that a ring. Maybe that's what they're talking mm-hmm. about? <laughs> hmm I mean, it makes sense for, like, the, the scope of the show, the budget of the show, like, you know, you're hoping you're gonna get through season one, it's a success, you can be more ambitious in season two, so I think it, ma- it makes sense for a lot of reasons while they Hey, how do we get people to buy in? Right. And so we buy in. It's so much harder to buy in, even with a larger budget. And like, if the Covenant were on screen, if the elites were on screen more often, does that make it a more emotionally resonant show? Like, no. And so you really can't go. I see. I, you can't go where Halo needs to go unless you buy into the human characters, which is the opposite of what happens in the games, in which like we don't give like. Commander Keys, he's there just he's the, he's just there to give you your mission, buddy. Like whereas he <laughs> at least try to give these characters some nuance so that the audience can hopefully buy in for the like more wild, spectacular stuff that inevitably this show has to to go towards. Although I don't know. The end of this see I, I thought the end of season one would be the fall of Reach. Um that appears to be probably the end of season two at the pace that we're we're going. Um you know that if they're that seems like such an obvious uh, like touchstone in terms of 
hey, if they're centering the Spartans, like the fall of Reach is going to be really important to telling that story. And then we're actually not going to, I mean, they've shown the ring. I'm sure the ring will appear in season two, but I get the sense. And maybe it's still for the best. It's like, actually, once we get to this ring, the fuck are we doing here? Like, it's just a bunch of action scenes, you know? I think it's like the storytelling, the closer they get to Halo 1, the game, and they have to, like, introduce the Flood as a primary antagonist. Do I want to watch that show? Well, I, I don't, that is their I don't know if I do. Again, this is why they should not have made the fucking TV show about Master Chief. This is this is the key thing. Is that like the second they try and retell the story of the Halo video games, they have already fundamentally failed. And like, and hopefully they don't. I don't even. I, ho- I actually hope. They, I hope they don't. Um, uh, because I just yeah, don't. I, I don't know what I'm doing on this. The ha- like being on the Halo sounds extremely boring. And, and also, like I. Or does it sound magical and mysterious? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the Halo sound, Kato. Um, I don't even know if we'll get the Fall of Reach. Like, I, I legitimately don't know if they're going to do that. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. It is... Because there are no oh, Spartan 3s. Spartan 3s... Because they've alluded to the fact that they try to, like, hive off all ships from, like, letting anyone yeah. ba- backtrace them to UNSC space. So, I mean, yeah, like, they, the- they have like put that marker down of hey if the covenant ever find out where these like places are it's curtains for everybody um, yeah they they, they crater a, 11 million destroyed. people like that one city that they show before yeah. they decide to like do the double artifact like the double doink on the on the artifacts uh is is yeah like the covenant just showed up and 11 million people are gone yeah. like that which really does seem to be maybe and they've mentioned reach a couple of times did they, did they go to the reach on the show at all or is it just reach mentioned? Is they went to on, the show is reach set on city reach. the show is okay, set okay, on okay. reach well, but reach also city. like which by the way reach city they really that's the name they have of the city new alexandria on <laughs> you have new alexandria you have a city there is a famous city from the video game halo reach it's called new alexandria you can just use that you can just <laughs> Use new Alexander. It's not fucking hard. It's well, not hard. It, it is, it's a better well, it city. If, if you, it, it is if you have to build more sets, and like that is, <laughs> I think you have to take that. I, I mean, genuinely, like that's not like a knock against the show. I was like, the show can only go so many places, and like you can see it in, in, in how they do their storytelling. Like that is that is built into how they're going to do that. It's like depicting another right. expensive CGI city. Like I, I understand how they arrive at well, reach is something that people do. Well, then don't do reach city. They're just then avoiding the complication. Don't do reach city and do New Alexandria instead. Don't do reach city. Yeah, do New Alexandria instead. It's it is so easy. Um. <sighs> yeah, I, I I have a feeling that like some of the major events are going to parallel uh, what we know from the series, but I also feel like we're off in a alternate Halo universe as well. I think we. I think uh, we passed through that that threshold uh, when Chief uh, and McKee did it. Ba- like I think that was the moment. It was like we're in a different world now. Like Master Chief can get can get down. I want to know what acting notes were given to the actress who plays Cortana during the scene where she's witnessing <laughs> John fuck. Like what? Are, what was that? What was written on the page? Where is the script? That explains the emotional feeling that Cortana is supposed to be having as she's watching her man. You know, I don't know if he was enjoying it, but he was. She talks about it. 
she talks about it later. When she was like, someone goes, did you She's feel it? And she was like, sure did. Which, by the way, they that's got that oxytocin. So I, I, oh my fucking God. Rob, can I return to something you were talking about a little bit ago? Yeah. Regarding Hal Halsey. The thing I love about that character is the ways in which you describe the show as being about unmasking a monster. And I think that is true. But the thing is that they know that they have a monster in Halsey. They know that they have a fascist nightmare woman who is like horrible to deal with. But the fundamental gambit of Halsey, of keeping Halsey around, is that you have the smartest woman who has ever fucking lived. And you know that she cares about humanity. And therefore, you're like, she loves humanity so much, she will not be a threat to us because her goal is keeping humanity safe and protected. Right, that is that is her stated goal. The problem is that she has a different definition of humanity from everyone else, and that is the thing that I, I really like about the character is that like that is the reveal is that like you know you have a nightmare woman around, and she and you think that you have control. It is similar to the Spartans where you like you think that you know what this person wants. You have no fucking clue what that person actually wants, and I think that's I think that kind of whips. I think that's I yeah. think that rules personally. She's the most interesting character going into season two is I don't know what she's capable of, what she is willing to do. And actually having her off and separated from the UNSC is like really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised they killed off her little assistant, though. She's going to have to get another an, another little gremlin <laughs> by I season two. I loved watching hopefully. that worm get fucking owned. Maybe they could every watching season. that worm get owned is the best part of the TV maybe, show. Maybe, oh, what if she clones him? Oh, Please, just give me, just bring him back so that Kai can just. <laughs> oh! <laughs> God. Uh, we should probably dig into the question bucket a little bit here. Uh, Patrick, sure. you, you put out feelers uh, early here. You invited uh, interrogation. Uh, I did. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, we had one for Ren. <laughs> and this one starts off with an apology from, uh, we, I don't get everyone's names in this, but this person put it in this question for a specific reason. From Master Leaf. Yes. This name is a decision made in 2004 as a 14-year-old. Apologies. Hey, we all have, look, my first online username was Extremer with a capital X, which became Xy later, which was better um we all we all have our aim sins uh anyway from master leaf question for everyone but mostly for ren being the halo lore queen what do you think a one-to-one -one adaptation of fall of reach would have made would have made for better tv my disappointment in the show grew with every episode but i wonder if sim if i simply don't know tv and that trying direct adaptations wouldn't go as well is the attempt to make book stories valid for tv the factor in receiving head scratching decisions like cartoonishly evil unsc officers pulling a last jedi on Quan and giving one of the few uh api actors absolutely nothing for a story or master cheeks in the sheets <laughs> i think that the fall of reach in the version of the Halo show that is good to me, the fall of Reach is is part of it, right? I think that if it the version of Halo that of the Halo show that I like is an anthology series that that goes over various parts of these characters' lives and gets to show their arc in full, right? I want to see, I want to see the training, right? Like that is that is interesting to me, right? I want to see the fall of reach. I want to see the collapse of the Spartan three program. And like the way you do that is you build an actual anthology series over the course of like a while that then ends with 
the fall of reach. I think doing a straight adaptation of the book as written is a bad idea. I think that setting the fall of reach is a really interesting setting for a television show, but to do it properly, you have to actually understand how to like assemble an ensemble cast. Um, is there, is there anything in the show that will make me care about the aliens as much as Keith David's arbiter did? I mean, the arbiter yeah. has to be, uh, I guess they hold on in the, in the timeline. McKee. Yeah. Oh my God. Can't the so human you can't care about McKee. Hate McKee, the so human much. that happens to be on the alien side, so they have they don't have you to know, use CG. She, she's a girl of two worlds. Also, <sighs> one of those worlds is planning on killing her. Both okay, both of those <laughs> worlds plan to kill. You know, point is things are complicated <laughs> over there, and the, really wasn't complexity the entire point of the Arbiter. The fundamental. Damn. So to wrap back around to Halo lore for a second, why I think McKee is such a is it's such a frustrating thing is that in Halo up until um, four, five, and Infinite, which changes some things slightly, I think that those things are not changed as significantly as other people do. That's neither here nor there. The thing that is special about humanity is that the forerunners were like, "We're gonna give these." fucking idiots the ability to run the halo array and no one else and that is the fundamental frustration of the coven is that the covenant has spent so long obsessing over the over the forerunners and being like we worship the forerunners we worship their prophecies all of this and then they try and use any of it and it doesn't work and they're like what the fuck and then humanity uses it and they're like those stupid pieces of shit i fucking hate you guys for being able to use the fucking technology that we need and that is why when humans go to the halo array the covenant's like thank fucking god someone finally did it because humanity has to be the ones who do it and by giving a human like a, a, a central human character to the covenant that fundamental frustration and like motivation for the war disappears just totally disappears by like having a quote unquote blessed one who can interact with forerunner artifacts. <sighs> hey, Halo Waypointers, I wanted to ask if you're writing a story set of 500 years in the future, what piece of modern technology would still be around? I say an electric can opener. This question comes in from James. Hmm. Does the combustion engine never really die out? No, I believe I mean, that driving Warthogs gas cars in 500 years. What? Yeah, what's Warthog? Some ver some version of it, right? Yeah. I think Warthogs run on hydrogen. Warthogs run either on hydrogen or they are um, partially electric. Let me check. That'd be funny. I think, I think like a like a like a bottle opener. I think no matter how advanced technology gets, if I'm like opening a beer, like what, what is technology going to solve that's going to make it better than just grabbing a nifty little tool? And taking that off, yeah. like that, th uh, there's nothing to improve. It exists. Yeah. We're we're here. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> that, we just need to solve the hangover part. Well, actually, don't. It's probably a good punishment. Don't solve that part. <laughs> just maybe make it a little bit easier. Um, but I, yeah, I think like a bottle opener is just gonna stick around. Like, where where would that go? The twist cap. The tw not as fun. Not as fun. It is not nearly as enjoyable. Maybe after the third one, I'd be okay with the twist cap. If I'm drinking like some six packs, like okay. Maybe maybe the improvement is like a six pack. The first one I've got to pry off. The other ones we can just twist off. I do um, hope that the corkscrew dies out because I do. That's a place where I do want the twist cap. 
to like take over. I hope in like 500 years, people are like, can you believe they used to put synthetic cork in the next of these bottles? <laughs> Just for tradition and the fact that people associated more convenient and modern packaging with poor quality. They what, don't even what, have to what change primitive cork. society. They don't even have to change uh, cork. They can just use the fucking the pop top corks on everything because you can pull those off. Why don't they just do that? Pop top corks? Yeah, you know when you get bubbly, uh, you know like prosecco or whatever. The 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 corks in that have the little yeah. bulbous end because you have to be able to pull it off. You can't corkscrew yeah. those. Why don't, isn't that just the standard for every wine? Because I want to, because that's still kind of a pain in the ass to open. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. And also, it's harder to put back in. Well, putting back in is out, not. You're, like you're finishing that bottle. Done. You open a bottle, you finish the bottle. No, you are not. You that's bullshit. Like you can, like wine is fine. Like I have one of those metal that. ones with like a little bit of rubber. That's like a little like you know. I guess it's a Did you fall into the like, I'm going to pump inert gas into oh the God. bottle so that it doesn't like. Do you go God. full on like, I want to save this and have it be just as good a week from now? No, no. I think it, it has a shelf life of like a day, I think, usually, you know. This is like, I'll finish this in the morning situation. Uh, and oh, Mari, 500. Hmm. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like in my 500 year later uh, sci-fi show, I think most things stay the same. Like, I feel like we got some <laughs> things in one. Like, I don't want to see a laser can opener. I just want to see like most like most day to day objects will remain fucking identical. Right. And that yeah. is the I mean, that's like that is hard sci-fi to me is like the 90 percent of objects remain totally identical. And that other 10 percent is fucking weird. And I like that. <laughs> I like that dissonance. Where you don't know what the object does. Uh. One of my favorite, like, silly sci-fi things in a show is in Cowboy Bebop, the top ramen that comes with its own heater and water. Like, you, little, you pull a little string, but the cup otherwise looks exactly the same. It's very funny. Why would you do that? I it's love it. It's ridiculous, love it. I love it. but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we asked this in the, in the, in the pre-show, um, but uh, you know, I think we still need people to weigh in. Uh, does Cortana still have a dump truck? in this no 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 she has an ass but it's like fine it's like maybe she? it's average it's average i i feel like we didn't I get mean, enough shots to really uh see but in my mind it's <laughs> my, fucking flat as a board at the, at the fan q a with the showrunners so hey <laughs> didn't get a good sense of cortana's ass in this one <laughs> Look, does, does does the Halo series have a very questionable history with the, the, the depiction of Cortana's body? Yes! But does she have a dump truck? And will that change in season two when the showrunners change? Uh, Derp69 in the chat, John stole her cheeks. Now, John was kicked up. That's true. That's true. John was kicked up. Um, God... Wait, we didn't actually, this is, a, it didn't come up, but it actually didn't kind of, when we watched the pilot, Cortana wasn't present. We've somehow gotten this far into this conversation without discussing Cortana, except in the context of her dramatic yeah, reaction to, to John having sex. But um, what did, what did we make of Cort the fairly unique way they chose to depict Cortana visually in the show? I... I, I didn't 
I don't know that I ended up liking it. I I hated it less as I went along, but I don't know if that was just acceptance for the depiction or not. Sounds like Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) They should have just made her blue. It would have fixed. It would have fixed the way that character looks if they had just made her blue. I would have been fine with the way she looked if she just was fucking. If she was fucking blue all the way, as opposed to this like blue toned. It's. Eh, She's fine. I don't like it. Like I'm. I I think you know what they did a really good job. Like it's a little bit her. From the movie Her, but uh-huh. also she's got mm-hmm. that Tinkerbell problem of being like don't. approximate to the magical boy that she's destined to spend her existence around, but also fatally removed from him. And I think that like sh- I, I think her uncanny valley lack of blueness uh, sort of brings that brings that tragedy to life. Um. <laughs> I don't like looking at her. I don't like this <laughs> like at all. Uh, wow, wow, Kato on the record. She I don't knows like that. Looking at women, she she feels keenly rejected <laughs> by by chief by other people. <gasps> like that that whole that whole scene with McKee. That was like the dog uh, looking like looking at people doing it on the bed, being like, "Oh, I guess God. I guess you guys like each other more than me." I am neglected so and forgotten. Bad. It's so bad. Oh, there's strong oh. Ricardo energy when when Cato made his assessment of Cortana. I have a no. Rob. Do you want me to uh, to reveal the thing that I revealed before the stream that hasn't come up yet? I watched what? the entire Halo TV series in one sitting. <laughs> like I knowing watched, full I well, watched, I watched two episodes. weeks ago. I wa- no, 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 no. I watched episodes as I watched half of the episodes as they came out, and then okay. I was like, "All right, to get ready for this podcast, I am going to watch all nine episodes of this television show in sequence." Finishing when my friends were watching the final episode on Discord. And you know what? You know what? I made it. I made it. I started at 4 p.m. and I finished at 11.01 p.m. Um, what did it cost? Wasn't, wasn't great, but I can say that like being able to experience the show in full and see the narrative arcs and the things that they were trying to do and what they did fuck up and what they didn't fuck up in that immediate succession was really interesting to me and being able to be like, okay, cool. Here is where the show is diverging from the games. And if I had watched it episode by episode in a traditional sense, I probably, the time between episodes would have led to me having a pretty different read of the show. Um, and I'm, I'm actually pretty happy that I did it. Uh, and I feel like I was able to appreciate some things about it more and be less frustrated by other things in like the final episode. I, my friends were very frustrated with a lot of things in the final episode. And I was like, no, this is par for the course as someone who's watched nine hours of this in one sitting. It is like, well, I mean, that's the, the, the classic, uh, like, you know, if, people who, well, like Kato, like going back and shotgunning a show like lost <laughs> as opposed to sitting. No, through, we're not shotgunning. Like, we, well, but you're watching it faster than that's I did. true. That's true. <laughs> we don't have the gaps 
but two a, two a week max. So there's a little yeah, bit but I'm of just saying, space. Like, the, the, the like shotgunning of episodes like allows you to like mentally paper in some ways that you can examine a show differently in other ways. It allows you to like mentally paper over weaknesses of a show in, in a way that's beneficial to the show. I bet lost is a better show watched faster than I did at the time where you then spend, you know, four months on message boards, like <laughs> examining screenshots in a way that the producers never intended the audience to, to do. Um, one small thing that, I'm shocked they kind of kept this in. So this started as a show that was going to air on Showtime. And then eventually it moved to Paramount+. Plus. But most shows in the streaming era do have, like, breaks in the action that are kind of the equivalent of a cut-to-commercial. But, like, the Halo show series, like, constantly has these, like, moments where we, like, cut to black and a break. And it feels like, oh, this is where an ad goes. And Those are I don't think it, like, breaks... Out. It, I don't think it like, breaks the mom, the momentum of the show necess, necessarily. I just, it was like a, such an odd little quirk that you just, you know, you just don't really notice uh, as, as much unless you're watching like a Better Call Saul or something on a traditional cable network where they, I did, like in Better Call Saul, like I feel like they, if they're doing, if you're doing it right, you're like really weaving in the commercial breaks as part of the tension. Um, and instead in Halo, it mostly just felt like kind of perfunctory in a, in an odd way. Anyway, um, also, yeah, Paramount Plus does have ads, so I, I believe they it kept does. it in because there's a certain tier mm. that keeps the ads, right? There, yeah, get ready, Netflix subscribers. You, well, I guess that's the point, they won't you won't be a subscriber, I, I, you'll no, just be like, no. Time to get my free Netflix on. Here's I would the same rather, five ads again and again. I would rather have, I would rather have Netflix as a for what I pay for it now. In which they've already said the kids stuff won't have ads. I would rather have ads. I would rather pay for the cheaper one so that I can use it as a, a conduit for kids shows and not what I pay for it now. Ad tiers are okay because they never put it on the kids stuff. Um, so it, work, it works out for me. Um, I don't know. A lot of these questions are the same of, you know, like how does this, how does this show read to an audience that, you know, is not interested in the games? I don't know. Um you know, the show was successful enough to get a second season, but also Paramount Plus is desperate for content. So I don't know that I would take away a season two as being. Is it like a, it was renewed. It was renewed before it mm-hmm. was renewed before the show came out. Right. Um, so it was less that it was successful enough to get a second season, more like they booked it for two seasons. So apparently, it's also just cheaper to cheaper to start a second season show that you already got in production than it is to start a show from scratch. So uh, sorry. Go ahead. Kato. I was just going to say, like, that's like a common practice these days with. TV shows is that they're actually booked for the first two seasons always, but they like hold it back as like some sort of like, you know, reveal, but most shows are actually booked immediately with two unless they like really, really fucking tank. They're they're already making the second season. Um, What would your ideal date night with Master Chief be? Well, first you take John push downstairs. Well, we would meet (laughs) in a pastoral field on the sacred ring. God damn it. I wasn't <laughs> and ready. Fuck. Then he and I would lock eyes and stride towards one another. And he would place his hand on my cheek. And it would be the most erotic thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> in my existence. I would realize that humans are not ugly. They are beautiful. And I would turn into his gentle paw. And look as if I'm about to nibble it. 
but instead, just the sexual tension will, will, will sweep us away as we contemplate the sky. And then, of course, he would take me to his black site prison and <laughs> lock me inside an Airbnb and introduce me to his mom, who would be like, my son is very sweet, isn't he? I'm so happy you guys are together. But also, he's a dumb piece of shit and humanity is evil, so I need you to betray him. And then I would be like, this is all a little bit much. And then, of course, uh, you know, he and I would would realize our common bond. And we'd, you know, it's a little sudden, but, you know, not a lot of time to, for romance. You just got to go to bed with John. And then you do your nails. Perfect night. <laughs> Alright, I, I think we can take this podcast out. I don't know oh, what we're supposed to do after that. Fuck. Push downstairs. Kyle, you should just I, let that music keep playing. Yeah. Like at the point that you just no. you should just let it. I'm I'm <laughs> scared. I don't want to get fucking get- sued by Marty McDonald. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah will. He, he will. will. He will. He will. I'm half he I'm will. half well, I don't know. Can you, I'm half convinced of, not a friend of Waypoint. I'm half convinced that the reason it doesn't show up in the show is that pending lawsuit. Like, it's, like, barely in there Probably. for, like, six seconds. Probably. I bet it's... God. DMCA you know what? Like 80%. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, I should do the outro. Hey. That'll do it for this week's Waypoints. We hope you've enjoyed the break. Please be sure to rate and review us on your podcast now? platform of choice. What if it allows such a thing. He introduced it I that way, I think we're way, a five-star producer. podcast, but it's not for me to say. It's been a lot. Kyle will edit out these people interrupting my outro. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be back again with Waypoint Radio on Friday. Monday. This is going up on Monday. This is going up on Monday. Fuck. I fucked it up. Oh, shit. I have so to get Kyle on the Kyle, you podcast. Are... Fuck. How many <laughs> times? Can we get? Is this Ricardo? Can we get a producer back? Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kato, get it the fuck together. And play the song that Marty McDonald doesn't have the balls to. Is it play is Ocean? McDonald? You keep saying McDonald. Play Ocean. Isn't it Marty McDonald? Play Ocean. Bye. McDonald? You got me thinking of the coast and the ocean where the ladies all get their tans. I'm laying next to the sweet little honey where the ocean meets the sand. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. 
yahoofinance.com. I thought we were going to get to hear Ocean. I thought the, no, sorry. I thought the, I thought the point was take it, take us out on Ocean. I didn't get Ocean pulled up anyways, but it's fine. What? It's not fine. You wow. you, you missed Ocean. That's not. No, I, I summoned have, Ocean. I don't have Ocean that loaded because that was that was a that was a joke from the the other Vmix session that's in the office, and not the one that I have here in my house. Sorry. Um, I'm finding Ocean right now. <laughs> right now. Yeah, it, we're live. We're making ocean sounds. Damn it, shit! I got it too early. <laughs> oh.